Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is May 17, 2021. And this is going to be episode 44. It's going to be called The Mainstream Media is Ignoring It, But They'll Have to Report on It Soon. So, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all had a, a great weekend and everything. I hope you had a great Monday. I have Sunday Monday off, so, you know, I, I love... I love Sundays and Mondays. They're they're great days to have off because on you know when you, when you have when you have Monday off, you can get your car fixed, you can go to the dentist, you can do all those types of things. So yeah, so we're gonna talk. We got a lot of topics to talk about today, and the topic I really really want to talk about is Israel because I because the mainstream media, of course, they're telling you certain things about it. Who is the good guys and who are the bad guys? But I, I can, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Okay, whenever the mainstream media says, it's generally the opposite. Generally, the opposite is true of what CNN and Fox are saying. So, I'll talk about that a little bit later into this episode. Let's go ahead and get into our news here, our economic news here. Oh, and I apologize if you hear a little something, something in the background. It's because I have the whole house, fo- I have the whole house fan going in my house, and because it's a little bit warm, it's a little bit warm in the house. And I come with the cool air to come in. So sorry about that if you can hear that in the background. So, our first. Our first thing to talk about here, talk about our economic news. So I have an article here from Breitbart.com. It says that Joe Biden releases more monthly direct cash payments to parents. So before I get into this article, we know that the mainstream media, the corrupt politicians, the enemy, we know that their goal is to keep Americans home, not working. That's why they keep sending these people money, uh, even though it would be better to just get people working and back into the economy. Because we know that Britain actually lost $700 billion worth of um, output production because people are staying home and they are not working over there. They're just giving them money to stay home and making them rely on the government. And so when the dollar is inflating and the dollar has inflated and gone through the roof, people will have to rely on the government even, even more. And then so our money will be basically worthless. And then they're going to try to bring us into their new system, the Great Reset. And we know about the Great Reset because by the name of a gentleman named Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, talking about how he wanted to go into a Great Reset and we should use a central bank digital currency. So, article here says, The White House reminded Americans that families would start receiving direct cash payments in their bank accounts starting in July as President Joe Biden continues to implement his coronavirus rescue package. 90% of families with children will get this new tax relief automatically starting in July, Biden said in a statement released to reporters on Monday morning, noting that the payments send Americans the message that help is here during the coronavirus pandemic. The federal government will give a monthly payment of $300 per child under 6 years old and $250 per child older than 6 to families that qualify. The monthly benefits are reduced for couples earning more than $150,000 or individuals earning more than $75,000. The money will be released to families whether they are employed or not, continuing a trend that analysts fear will slow workers from returning to work as the coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic diminishes. Yeah, so you actually do see the quote-quote pandemic, the scamdemic uh, diminishing. You have people like Gavin Newsom. Uh, he's, you know, saying like June 14th or July 14th, one of those days of California is going to, you know, ending like the mask mandate and things like that. And then, um, Florida already ended it. Texas ended it. Uh, Virginia's ending it. Actually, Virginia, I think Virginia ended it on this past Saturday and you're seeing states open up here. I think, uh, Michigan, Michigan governor, governor Gretchen Whitmer talked about a reopening for her state as well. So 
Speaking of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer again, because you know we talked we talked about the her flight plans and things like that on her on the last segment last week. So got more about Governor Gretchen Whitmer here. So I got an article here from the Daily Wire. It says that Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer unveils plans to shut down a 65-year-old pipeline. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who is a Democrat of governor of Michigan, is working to shut down a 65-year-old pipeline that pumps oil from Canada into the United States. The 645-mile pipeline runs through the Great Lakes, where Lake Michigan and Lake Huron connect, something that Whitmer believes can be a can has, excuse me, something Whitmer believes can have a devastating environmental impact. She's talking about the pipeline having a devastating environmental impact here. The area of concern for Whitmer is the stretch, excuse me, is the small stretch that runs through the waterways known as Line 5. Now, my concern here is that the people who work on those pipelines won't have jobs and it'll hurt the economy. Okay, here's the thing. I value human beings over the economy. I value, excuse me, not over the, I value human beings over the environment. I value human beings over animals. So, like, so say you had a, an, a, a dog that was drowning and a person that's drowning. And I have a choice here. For me, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to save the human being because human life is more precious than animal life, okay? Because humans are created in the image of God, animals are not. Article goes on and says, The Canadian company that owns Line 5 in Bridge, who owns Line 5, believes that the pipeline is safe. So, yeah, so the waterway is called, the, the, line, the line 5 waterways, which is owned by Enbridge, Enbridge says that it's safe for the pipelines to be there, but the governor, but the, excuse me, but Gretchen Whitmer is saying that it's not safe to be there. So I'm actually taking Enbridge's side here. Why am I going to sit here and listen to a politician who's never worked on a pipeline a day in her life? Okay, that's the thing. She doesn't know what it's like to live working on these pipelines. She doesn't live in these middle class neighborhoods. She's never worked on a pipeline. She's probably never really had a day job after the age of 35. Probably hasn't. Because these are career politicians who don't care about you and me. Okay? So, I have a quote here. It says, Enbridge officials admit that the idea of constructing a pipeline in the open waters of the Straits would not fly today. But company officials also insist that the current pipeline is safe, constructed of material thicker than most pipelines, and watch closely for any sign of malfunction. And that's Bridge, Michigan reported that. So, hey, it's the people who actually have to sit there and work on the pipeline versus a career politician who doesn't know uh, a thing about that lifestyle. Now, we're going to move on here and talk about Elon Musk. You know who Elon Musk is, billionaire, playboy. So, like I, I tell you about my about my text messages sometimes in my group chats on my phone. So, in one of my text messages, group chats, um, I have some friends who, um, you know, because there's a, there's a uh, pretty much there's a, Elon Musk pretty much has a cult following of people who believe everything that he says and they hinge on every word he says and every word that he says gets them excited and aroused and things like that. And I think it's, I honestly think it's pathetic. Um, so in my group chat here, I had some people here who were just, uh, just posting Elon Musk would say something and they were just like, oh my gosh, because, um, Elon Musk talks about Dogecoin and then Shiba coins, new Shiba coin and things like that. By the way, if you like Dogecoin, I have some friends who like Dogecoin. If you like Dogecoin, go ahead and buy some and tell me how it goes. Um, so they were posting things about Elon Musk in, uh, in my, in our, in our text message group chat. And I just said a false God. And then, okay, so you got to realize here that 
in this particular group chat, the dumbest person I know is in this group chat. Like, literally, I know some, I've met pretty dumb people in my life, but the person in this, I'm not going to say his name, but he is the dumbest person I know. I think he's the dumbest, I think he's the dumbest man on planet earth. Okay. I know, I know 15 year olds that are smarter than him. Okay. He is, and he's like 30. He is the dumbest man I know. I called Elon Musk a false God. He said, Elon's not a God at all. At all, actually. You're giving him too much credit. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? No one said he was a god. I call him a false god, and it doesn't mean he's really a god, okay? And I called him, then I call Elon Musk an idol idol. Like, I call him an I-D-L-E-I-D-O-L. An idol idol. He said, who idolizes him? You? I'm just like, come on. Come on. He just He's just the dumbest person I know. Okay, and he's just over here trying to claim that he's saying posting something that he said is not worship. I'm like, I never said anybody was worshiping him. Okay, it was it's it's a figure of speech, and he doesn't understand figures of speech because he is the dumbest person on planet Earth. I'm not gonna say his name though. It's unfortunate I have to deal with people like that. But hey, God loves everybody. Now, so we have an article here from Forbes.com. It says. Bitcoin bounces back from a three-month low as Elon Musk denies that Tesla has sold its crypto assets. So it says, Bitcoin started to bounce back from a three-month low on Monday after Elon Musk denied uh, Tesla selling the sizable Bitcoin assets. And it marks the latest swing in the volatile crypto market since the billionaire predicted a $300 billion crash by announcing Tesla would no longer accept Bitcoin as payment due to its weighty environmental footprint. Now, it says the crypto's value is uh, had actually surged by about 7% in the 20-minute 20 minute, 20 minutes volume must tweet uh, to around $45,000 a token because, you know, Bitcoin kind of like dipped down to 42. It's probably like 45 right now, too. So, it says a hint from Musk that Tesla, Tesla may sell its $1.5 billion Bitcoin holding Sunday sent prices plummeting to around $42,000 a coin, the lowest since February. Now, I always tell you, folks, I, I do like Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoin guy. I like Bitcoin. Um, but I also tell you, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I tell you, buy Bitcoin. I tell you, buy gold, buy silver. You can even buy Ethereum and all that other stuff if you want, because you can always convert your um, cryptocurrency assets into different types of cryptocurrency. Uh, just like, just look at the app called Coinbase.com. You can look at Coinbase.com. You can you can convert your cryptos into different types of cryptos if you want. So don't all, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I would buy gold, buy silver, and buy cryptocurrency. So article says that Bitcoin remains the most valuable cr- cryptocurrency by a long margin. Its market cap is around 80, 850 billion and it's still over double that of its closest ri- rival Ethereum and more than 10 times its third closest Binance coin. It says but the crypto market is still reeling from a 300 billion dollar crash precipitated when Musk said Tesla would no longer accept Bitcoin as payment. So there's that. And that's from Forbes.com. And so, moving on here, uh, more Bitcoin stuff. Okay, so we know that Bitcoin has to be mined with computers and things like that, and there's only a set amount that can be mined, just like gold, just like physical gold, and just like physical silver. There's a finite amount, and it can only it can only it can be not only be mined so much because you can run out of it. And so, I have an article here from ZeroHedge.com. It says that Bitcoin energy use is far lower than the banking system and gold industry, and that's from a report. So we know that the the enemy is fighting against cryptocurrency and things like that. OK, 
okay, we know that Turkey bandit, Turkey's labeling these cryptocurrency uh, companies as money launderers and terrorists and things like that. We know India is making moves on it. And I told you that I think that Joe Biden will try to make a move on it. I told you that Berkshire Hathaway uh, and Warren Buffett and those folks, they dislike Bitcoin. They think it's disgusting and things like that. And so they're always trying to say that, you know, Bitcoin's bad. It's it's bad for the environment, just like, you know, Elon Musk was talking about and things like that. But the article here from Zero Hedge is saying that those darn facts and science, they keep getting in the way of the Bitcoin is bad narrative. And new research from a crypto firm called Galaxy Digital, uh, it, actually show, it actually showed that both the traditional banking system and the gold industry consume much more energy than the Bitcoin network. According to the report compiled by Galaxy's Mining Arm, Bitcoin's annual electricity consumption stands at 1.113.89 terawatt hours. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, that includes energy for miner demand, miner power consumption, uh, pool power consumption, and node power consumption. I don't know what pool power consumption and node power consumption are, so you can go ahead and look that up. That's just Bitcoin terms. Um, crypto terms, actually. It says that the amount is at least two times lower than the total energy consumed by the banking system, which is estimated to reach around 263.72 terawatts per hour year, excuse me, per year globally. Globally. So, there's that. So, yeah, I have a chart here. Um, Gal- you know, Galaxy Digital shows the chart here that uh, the banking systems that uh, uh, the banking system is at uh, in, certain, in terms of terawatt Excuse me. In terms of terawatt hours, it shows that uh, the banking system, the ATMs, the bank branches, and the top 100 bank d- data centers are over 250 terawatt hours. Gold is at about gold is almost to about 250. Gold almost at 250 terawatt hours, and it shows that Bitcoin's uh, like 113 terawatt hours. So Bitcoin consumes less energy than the banking system and gold mining and things like that. So you know they're just trying to they're just trying to they're just trying to. Uh, spit all over Bitcoin just because they can't control it. So, so we actually have a, I pretty much kind of have a timeline of that great reset agenda. It also comes from zerohedge.com, but I'm just going to give you the rundown of it. Uh, Klaus Schwab has a quote here that says, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world to create a healthier, more equitable, and more prosperous future. Unquote. Uh, but I think he left out the part where it was just more fair and healthier and more equitable for the rich. Because <laughs> we, we know that the government just wants to implement more and more control over us. So, article says, if you are a World Economic Forum founder, somebody like Klaus Schwab, and you attempt to sell your vision of a global utopia via a great reset of the world order in three simple steps... Here are the three simple steps. Number one, announce your intention to revamp every aspect of society with global governance and keep repeating that message. When your message isn't getting through, number two, when your message isn't getting through, simulate fake pandemic scenarios that show why the world needs a great reset. Number three, if a fake pandemic, excuse me, if the fake pandemic scenarios aren't persuasive enough, wait a couple months for a real global crisis to occur and repeat step one. So you may be asking, what step are we on? So... We're kind of on step three here. So the fake pandemic scenarios, they weren't they weren't persuasive enough for us. And so they waited a couple months. And what is the real global crisis crisis right now? Gasoline. <laughs> that's 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 inflation. Gasoline. That's what's really going on. People out of work. And that's more government control. 
That's what you're trying to do. More government control. So you make the people rely on you. And you tell them that they're afraid of something. Just like just like the uh, Nazi Hermann Goring said. Hermann Goring, who was Hitler's number two, he said in, in the Nuremberg trials, he's, when he was asked, how did you get the people to, to do what you said? He just said that all government needs to do in order to get, to get the people to become slaves is convince them that they are in danger of something and you'll protect them. You know, and that's the problem with a certain political party in our country. You know, both political parties are pretty awful. But a certain political party that says the government will do this for you and the government will do that for you and the government will offer this for you and we're going to pass welfare for you and things like that. We're going to pass affirmative action for you and things like that. I wonder what party that is. I'm sure you know what it is. So, article goes on and says, So in May of 2018, the World Economic Forum partnered with John Hopkins to simulate a fictitious pandemic dubbed Clade X, like C-L-A-D-E, the, the letter X, Clade X. And it was to see how prepared the world would be if it ever faced such a crisis as a pandemic. And a little over a year later, the WEF once again teamed up with John, Johns Hopkins, along with Bill and Melinda along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to stage another pandemic-related exercise called Event 201 in October of 2019. Both simulations concluded that the world wasn't prepared for a global pandemic. You can even look up Event 201. You'll be surprised. And a few short months following the conclusion of Event 201, which specifically simulated a coronavirus outbreak, the World Health Organization officially declared that the coronavirus had reached pandemic status on March 11th, 2020. Since then, just about every scenario covered in the Clade X and Event 201 simulations has come into play, including government implementing lockdowns worldwide, the collapse of many industries, growing mistrust between governments and citizens, a greater adoption of biometric surveillance technologies, social media censorship in the name of combating combating misinformation, desire to flood communication channels with authoritative sources, a global lack of personal protective equipment, the breakdown of international supply chains, mass unemployment, rioting in the streets, and a whole lot more. So were the governments implementing worldwide lockdowns? They were. Did many industries collapse? They absolutely did because you notice some certain stores aren't open anymore. Certain small stores and businesses around your area aren't open anymore because they don't have the money. And has there been growing mistrust between governments and citizens? Absolutely. Look at January 6th. Look at the 2020 election. Look at the current administration. Just look at the entire Trump presidency. Look at the current administration now. Look at the Obama presidency. There has been growing mistrust between governments and citizens. Has there been a greater adoption of biometric surveillance technologies? Absolutely. I talked about it in, when AI first met you, my series there. That's exactly why I talked about these things. Because you need you to know. You need to get the entire picture. That's why I talked about these things. So, social media com- uh, did social media censor people in the name of combating, mis- combating mis- misinformation? Absolutely. Social media would, would uh, edit people's tweets. They would absolutely edit people's tweets. Were they doing that? Absolutely, they were. So, and then it just goes on and on. So, and that actually comes from ZeroHedge.com, that entire thing I read about the Great Reset agenda and things like that. So, moving on here. So, a gentleman by the name of CJ Truth, I talk about him sometimes on the podcast. I've talked about two or three other times. So, CJ Truth, he has a Telegram channel called CJ Truth, and it's just one word, CJ Truth. And he actually has what he calls good... Good news of the week, May 9th. He does good news uh, every week. And he starts with 
about 15 to 20 things. So here, here we go. So we're going to go ahead and read down this. Okay, so number one. Since May 15th, people in 160 cities around the world united against COVID tyranny in the second worldwide demonstration for freedom. Number two, more than 500 Orange County, California residents united and spoke at the Board of Supervisors meeting against vaccine passports, accusing of the Board of Supervisors to uh, to pause their plans. Excuse me, causing the Board of Supervisors to pause their plans. Number three, Chrissy Teigen's Cravings Kitchen line removed from t- the Target website after Courtney Stodden accuses her of past bullying. Now, remember, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend's wife, who is only famous because she married John Legend. Uh, number four, mainstream media was forced to admit that it's plausible COVID originated in a lab as scientists from Stanford, Harvard, and MIT slammed the WHO for dismissing the viable theory and called for more research. Number five, Republicans chose Chip Roy to replace ousted Liz Cheney. Chip Roy got clobbered 134 to 46 in favor of the hand-picked Trump candidate, at least Stefanik. Number six, Texas state legislature passed bill, excuse me, passed a bill banning abortions performed after the detection of a fetal, of a fetal heartbeat. Governor Greg Abbott will sign this into law. Number seven, Josh Hawley's book is a top 10 bestseller despite cancellation attempts. Number eight, uh, Michigan Senate Oversight Committee voted three to zero to subpoena fifty-five thousand documents relating to Governor Gretchen Whitmer's handling of nursing homes after ignoring its initial request for two months. Number nine, Disney's revenues decreased six hundred thirty million in the second quarter, followed by a four percent drop in stock price. Remember that woke mess that had going on. Number ten. Israel continued to bombard the Hamas terrorist strongholds, uh, destroying the office tower that housed several propaganda media outlets, including Al Jazeera and the Associated Press. Number 11, Dr. Shiva's First Amendment lawsuit alleging the United States government made Twitter silence his political speech is headed to federal court on May 20th. Judge orders Twitter to testify. I don't believe in the Supreme Court at all. I think the Supreme Court is compromised. Number 12, Swamp Rat and Deep State Agent Liz Cheney was fired yesterday and Kevin McCarthy is feeling the heat. Number 13, the wall is being built on the southern border again. Number 14, in Arizona, the 2020 election is being shown to be stolen in this audit and more evidence is coming out every day. More states will be revealed in the coming days. Uh, my take on that, I haven't seen that yet. I, I looked at the Arizona audit stuff. I I, I can't, I, I, would, I would take that one with a grain of salt. Because that one, uh, I, I would, I would dispute that one there. Uh, number fifteen, Trump uh, is <laughs> unleashing bombs. His messaging is only just getting warmed up. Uh, number sixteen, Ellen cancels her show after nineteen years. Number seventeen, Ellie, excuse me, number seventeen, Fauci was uh, lying in front of Congress and being found out. Number eighteen, more masks are coming off after the CDC uh, makes their recommendation. Number 19, the New York Times just published an article detailing how Fusion GPS and other private spy agencies manipulated journalists into believing in the fraudulent Steele dossier and how often their corrupted relationship drives deceitful news. So there's that from CJ Truth. Some of that I would dispute, obviously. And so, notice, there's something from CNN here. So CNN actually fires, uh, he actually fired a reporter. His name is Adil Raja. He's a freelance contributor. He said, the world today needs a Hitler. That's what he tweeted. He And his name's Adil Raja. He tweeted that. He got fired for that. And so, he also said that Hitler did a good job with the Jews. 
you know, and then there's somebody called Rising Serpent that tweeted this. He said, if you get fired from your government job for opposing Marxism, doesn't it mean that your government support, uh, supports Marxism? So there's that. So now, moving on, Matt Gates. Now, you know that Matt Gates was accused of the sexual, sex trafficking and things like that. So Matt Gates' associate named Joel Greenberg, he pleaded guilty of sex trafficking a minor in exchange for prosecutors dropping 27 other counts he faced. And I wonder what those 27 other counts were. Wow. How about that? So Matt Gates, uh, he's probably sweating bullets right now. He's not looking so good. So moving on, uh, we have, according to WesternJournal.com, uh, a judge orders a criminal, excuse me, a judge issues an order on a criminal investigation on the Clinton Foundation. Uh, the ruling serves to perpetuate long-standing allegations that the Clintons were using their foundation to launder money for political favors from foreign entities. Remember when Hillary Clinton has the private servers, was allowing other countries to come in and take United States uh, classified information in exchange for money, things like that. Her selling Russia part of our uranium stockpile. Now, have an article here from the Epic Times that says the United States Marshals recovered a record high 387 missing children in 2020. It says a top official within the U.S. Marshals reported that 387 missing children, a record high number, were recorded by were recovered by the agency in 2020. Chief Inspector Floriana Floriana Whitwell, who heads the U.S. Marshals Sex Offender Investigation, said this. He said. Last year, we recovered 387 missing children. And that was the most we've ever recovered, almost 100 more than the previous year. But I would also like to emphasize that, in my opinion, we're barely scratching, scratching the surface, unquote. According to the FBI, the number of reported missing children was 420,000 in, in 2019 and 365,000 in 2020, with the majority of cases being considered endangered runaways. And that comes from the Epic Times there. So, um, Mike Pompeo. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Israel here because this is what I wanted to talk about the entire time. I'm going to go ahead and read this tweet from Mike Pompeo that I'm going to tell you what's really happening in Israel. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how it started and what's going on. So former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, he said this, he said the Biden administration has distanced itself from Israel by attempting to revive the failed Iran deal, siding with the Ayatollahs over our ally. America must be strong and defend its allies without hesitation. So now I'm going to go ahead and explain to you what's currently going on in the Middle East. Because when it comes to the centuries-old and millennia-old conflict there, basically in a nutshell with those things, in the Bible and in the Torah, it tells us that the promised land, which is the land of, you know, the land over there in Jerusalem and that area, was given to the Israelites by God. And the Quran says the same thing about the Muslims, it being given to the Muslims by God, that land there. So you have two different peoples who are actually closely related because you have the story of Ishmael and things like that. And those people are actually, the, the Muslims and the Israelites are actually not very far off in terms of relation. And they're all uh, competing for one swath of land there. Now I'm, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But you know, I believe the Bible... I'm a follower of the Bible, so uh, I would just go out there and say that uh, the land does belong to the Israelites. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. It's a story for another day. But uh, I'm going to tell you what's going on right now in 2021 and what, what had been going on there now. So, so you, have a, uh, you have a terrorist organization called Hamas. And to, Hamas is just hell-bent on the, the, the destruction of Israel, okay, and the Israelite people. Now... 
Israel actually intercepted about 1,000 rockets in 38 hours per its Iron Dome missile defense system. Now, Hamas was actually going to win an election in West Bank, and that's the reason for this current mess. So, what had happened was a gentleman by the name of Mahmoud Abbas, who was the president of the state of Palestine and the Palestine National Authority, he declared that there would be elections in April of 2021. Now, the Palestine National Authority are terrorists. They are terrorists. So Mahmoud Abbas is a terrorist. He's the president of this terrorist organization. So, And in fact, Mahmoud Abbas is actually in the 16th year of a term that was supposed to be four years. So he won a four-year term and he's actually been president for 16 years. Now, Abbas appeared to be the loser of the 2021 election in April. So he actually... He actually canceled the election in late April and he blamed the Jewish people because that's obviously what you do throughout history. If you need to get something across, you obviously just blame the Jewish people, okay? Obviously. Um, there was actually anti-Semitic propaganda spread through the region. So, as the end of Ramadan approached, tens of thousands of Muslim worshippers ascended to the Temple Mount to attend the final Friday prayers of the month. Upon the prayer's conclusion... Hundreds of Palestinians started attacking Israeli police with rocks, firebombs, and other implements that had been stockpiled in the Al-Aqsa Mosque ahead of the time. Excuse me, ahead of time. The police responded with riot dispersal means, and hundreds of Palestinian rioters and scores of Israeli policemen were hurt in the clashes between them. Now, lurking in the background had been Hamas. Ham uh, and Hamas had been maliciously fanning the flames throughout the throughout the entire time. About a month ago, Hamas leaders had actually called for a massive uprising in response to non-existent racist plans that target Al-Aqsa Mosque. Seizing on this manufactured crisis, Hamas leaders urged Palestinian young people to come to the Al-Aqsa Mosque in mass and confront Israeli police, hailing their heroism when they did. Like Hamas was telling them that they were heroes when they confronted the Israeli police. Now, Hamas television actually aired a speech by a senior Hamas official in which he called on Palestinians in Jerusalem to behead Jews in the city streets. He said, quote, buy a knife, sharpen it, put it there, and just cut off their heads. It costs just five shekels. With those five shekels, you will humiliate the Jewish people, unquote. Now, the Israeli police, as we know, tried to stop the violence, and Hamas actually responded with that, uh, Hamas responded to the Israeli police with missiles. It ain't that crazy? Now, you, say you're having a riot, right? Say, you know, just like a riot here in the past 2020 when BLM Antifa was looting and shooting. Say you have a riot, right? And the police go out there and they're riot gear, they're trying to stop it, and the rioters and the people organizing the rioters just respond to the police with missiles. Ain't, that You would be like, wow. Okay? Because that is crazy. Because you, you think that the police are trying to stop the police in Israel are trying to stop the riot, and the terrorists respond with missiles. Okay, it was you know, rocks and stuff and throwing stuff at them and fighting them and injuring people. Now it's just missiles. Okay, wow. We'll talk about escalation. That escalated quickly. Talk about zero to one hundred. Now, I personally think that if Israel hadn't pulled out of the Gaza Strip in two thousand five, this wouldn't be happening. Now. In 2005, there, uh, there were Israeli-controlled areas in the northern part of the Gaza Strip, and Israel pulled out of the north in order to negotiate a peace deal with the Gaza Strip. Now, Hamas actually rushed in after Israel left, and they burned down the Israeli amenities, like the greenhouses and things like that that were successful, and they actually started building rockets. Okay, 
This has now led to Israel being under a constant state of terror. Okay, there's terrorists all around because of that. Now, north of Israel is the Iranian-backed terror group named Hezbollah. And they are in Lebanon. And they have 150,000 rockets. That is not a little bit of rockets there. Now, south of Israel is Hamas, which is located in the Gaza Strip. They are the, 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 the terrorists in the Palestinian area. Now, the... You have Palestinian Islamic terrorists that lurk in Judea, Samaria, and the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. So Israel is surrounded because Israel and the Gaza Strip are connected. And to the southwest of Israel, connecting to it, is none other than Egypt itself. Now, Egypt is trying to broker a peace deal there, but Egypt is another Muslim country there. So you see Israel is surrounded by Syria, Iran, Iraq, um, places like that, Lebanon, Jordan, places like that. So... The thing is that people in Israel would be woken up at 3 in the morning and they would be given 45, 60, or 90 second warnings on their phone before before missiles hit their neighborhoods. So imagine that. Imagine waking up at 3 in the morning. Imagine somebody waking up at 3 in the morning and you're groggy and everything. You're trying to turn on the light and find your phone. And you have 45 seconds in order to get underground before a bomb comes and hits your neighborhood. Isn't that crazy? Now, the Biden administration started sending funds to the UNRWA, and the UNRWA sponsors Palestinian extremism. The United States restored $290 million worth of foreign aid to the Palestinian Authority, who are terrorists. And this is the Biden administration there, because they're out there in Vienna with uh, talking to Iran. And Iran funds these people like Hezbollah and Hamas. Now, Israel is actually a very tiny country, as you know. And so the missiles in that region can reach anywhere very, very quickly. So the distance from the Gaza Strip to Ashkelon is about 13 miles. Okay, The distance from Gaza to Tel Aviv is 44 miles. Gaza to Jerusalem is about 47 miles. And Gaza to Ashdod is about 24 miles. So this is like, these are like, these are like 45 minute car rides here. Okay. This is like, if you live in Sacramento, this is like going from Sacramento to Stockton. This is like taking a, a drive from Sacramento to Stockton. And Stockton's about 40 miles away. So it'll take about 40, 45 minutes to get to Stockton from Sacramento. So it's like taking a ride to Stockton, you know, or taking a ride past Lodi, places like that. So um, this actually means that when rockets are fired, like I said, there's very little time to get to a safe place. Now, a rocket fired from Gaza to Ashdod would take about, it would mean about, you get about 30 seconds of a warning time. So about 24 miles away. So about, if you go from Sacramento to Galt, and say Galt fires a uh, missile from Galt to Sacramento, you get about you get about 30 seconds to get underground. Okay, you got about 30 seconds warning before you get hit. And so... A rocket fired from Gaza to Jerusalem would be about 90 seconds of warning time, as would Gaza to Tel Aviv. Now, Hamas is, they're actually firing hundreds of rockets in order to overwhelm Israel's Iron Dome defenses, because they have something called the Iron Dome. And the Iron Dome actually shoots down rockets that are targeted at civilian populated areas. Tel Aviv and Jerusalem both have Iron Dome systems, and they shoot down 90% of incoming rockets. And Hamas has fired about 1,000 rockets in 36 hours. That is a load of rockets. That's a great volley of rockets there. Now, Israel, um, Israel actually has to totally destroy Hamas. Israel has to totally destroy them. They have to decapitate the regime, okay? There's no other way. 
Israeli citizens have been put underground because living above ground isn't even safe right now. Now think about it. If 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 you were say let's say we were in San Diego and say that you had rockets coming from Mexico City to San Diego and you had to live underground, you would expect the United States government to totally eviscerate Mexico City and the terrorists over there. Not saying that there are terrorists over there, I'm just giving an example here. So, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is the president of Israel, and the Israel opposition parties to Benjamin Netanyahu, they're actually on the same page here. And they've united, and uh, they said that it's, it's, there's no ceasefire. They said that there's going to be no ceasefire agreement, we're going to keep going, and it's all or nothing. So, Israel's in this for the long haul, and Israel's like, bring it because we're ready to go, what's up? So, Israel's, Israel's uh, going to swing for the fences here. They're going to... They're gonna, uh, be down and dirty down to fight to round 30 as uh, jay-z would say now hamas who is uh in the terrorists in palestine they don't care about palestinian citizens because the average palestine the average palestinian is not a evil person who wants to destroy israel that's not the average palestinian person because the average person on the planet and in those regions just regular people who want to go to work go home and support their families now like I said before, Hamas doesn't care about Palestinian citizens. Now, Hamas terrorists will force their way inside the apartments and homes of civilians in the Gaza Strip, and they will fire missiles and rockets from civilian homes. They know Israel doesn't want to fire upon non-militants. And so, 200 rockets have been fired from Hamas, and they failed mid-flight, and they landed inside of Gaza itself. And hit Palestinian people and Palestinian territory. Okay, they just want to destroy Israel. They don't care about. They don't care about the Palestinian people, and it's awful. It's an awful thing there. Now, y'all should if you go on Reddit.com. Um, there's a subreddit called Combat Footage. You can log on to Reddit.com and look at a sub subreddit called Combat Footage. And they will show you these videos and things like that. And all these videos, you have onlookers in Palestine that were cheering the words Allahu Akbar as missiles were fired towards Israel. Not everybody. I'm not saying not everybody does it. But a lot of them were chanting the Allahu Akbar uh, as missiles were fired towards Israel. Now, Israel has actually been successful in killing Islamic jihadists and Hamas leaders. And Israel has uh, Israel also has to, excuse me, Israel has also started a ground assault on Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Now, one thing you need to realize here is that uh, when it comes to military might, Israel ain't no joke, okay? Israel is a military superpower, okay? Um, Israel is so powerful that Israel, I was researching this and everything, Israel has the ability in a military contest, they can hold their own against any country on the planet, including the United States. Okay, the American military wouldn't be able to just run over Israel. Okay, because Israel has a lot of uh, high technological capabilities, and Israel gets a lot of their um, Israel gets a lot of their weapons from the United States as well. And they got a lot of their patents from the United States and things like that. And I actually know some people in the military, like my coworker Dennis. Uh, he was in the he was in the Air Force. Uh, he's a veteran, and he was saying that uh, Israel actually tests out our uh, 
our our weapons our weaponry that we give them they test it out so we get to see how it works and things like that so if you actually want to look at something cool go on youtube and look at something called c dash ram c dash ram c r a m and it, it shows you there's a missile defense system that, that that they carry on that the american military carries on certain ships and it really like it fires uh, it fires and kills uh it shoots down missiles as well and mortars and um rockets and things like that so i'm gonna move on here all right, so there's that situation there. So I just saw that we're we're at about forty minutes, and I don't want to be here forever. Um, although I just started to just get on here and just talk about everything now. But I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna make this quicker. So I th- I'm gonna give myself about ten more minutes, and then I'm gonna get out of here. So we got false flags. So let's talk about cyber attacks. We got false flags. So Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, AOC. Um, you know who she is. I'm pretty sure if you follow politics, I'm sure you know who she is. She says that she's going to continue wearing ma- a mask despite the CDC guidance. Um, my question here is like, is this following the science? Do you remember when Twitter and Facebook used to ban people when they questioned the, narr- the narrative of the, of the CDC, the WHO, and other things like that? Well, if you actually look at Virginia... Virginia is actually ending the universal ma- universal mask mandate and other restrictions also in two wait in two weeks. So, according to the WashingtonExaminer.com, effective at midnight Saturday, Virginia's universal mask mandate was repealed, but some mask mandates will will remain in place. All social distancing and capacity restrictions will end in two weeks. Virginians will no longer need to wear a face covering when going to restaurants, bars, stores, or most public and private locations. The repeal applies to Virginians who are vaccinated and those who are not. So there's that. So according to the Gateway, we have another article according to the Gateway Pundit, excuse me, GatewayPundit.com, CDC Director Walensky defends the updated mask guidance, saying that we now have science that really just evolved in the last two weeks. And there's a video for it on the Gateway Pundit's website. Go ahead and look at that if you want to see that. But in a nutshell, the CDC direct, director Walensky said that she's following the evolving science, saying that, quote, we now have science that has just really evolved even in the last two weeks that demonstrates that vaccines are safe. They are effective. And Walensky told Martha Raddatz this. And that's according to the Gateway Pundit again. So have another article here according to the gateway pundit says that the elites are worried COVID cases in india plummet after government proposes ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine use coronavirus cases are plummeting in india thanks to the new rules that promote ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to its massive populations remember in the united states we had articles from like cnn msnbc places like that that said that ivermectin hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine were not good for you they were bad for you after donald trump said that they were good for you so yeah there's that i think that those companies who said that are going to uh, really start paying for that the article says well of course the who and pharmaceutical companies are having fits this is despite the fact that lives are being saved by the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine remember when donald trump got covid he said that hydroxychloroquine is almost like a cure he said it's almost like a cure and things like that so there are 292 studies, and 219 are actually peer-reviewed, and they are proving the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine as both a treatment and a prophylaxis against COVID-19. Ivermectin has 93 studies, 54 peer-reviewed, showing its effectiveness, its effectiveness as a treatment and prophylaxis against COVID-19. 
and that is uh, via worldometers, like world uh, odd. Excuse me, world, yeah, worldometers, like W O R L D O M E R T E R S, worldometers.com. And then, so, yeah, they have charts here that say that the, uh, from the Gateway Pundit, the Gateway Pundit has charts here that say that the cases are plummeting in India. And then we have another article from the Gateway Pundit. Says, boom, CDC director finally admits that COVID cases are hugely overcounted, just as the Gateway Pundit and Donald Trump reported in August. So in August 2020, the CDC website admitted that only 6% of COVID recorded deaths were due entirely to the coronavirus. And this comes from the CDC website. And if you remember, I think it was episode either 31 or 33 that I did. I was telling you all this stuff that only about 6%. Of the deaths, of the COVID deaths, quote, quote, are from only COVID. And the article from the Gateway Pundit says this, pretty much in a nutshell. Here's what my notes say. It says, for all the other deaths reported by the CDC linked to COVID-19, the the individuals who passed away had two to three other serious illnesses or comorbidities. This came from actual data from the CDC and was retweeted by Mel Q on Twitter, like M-E-L-Q on Twitter. Twitter user Mel Q shared a calculation that showed that 6% of all COVID-19 deaths, as reported by the CDC, turned out to be 9,201 deaths at the time. Only only 9,200 people died in the United States, according to August numbers, where COVID-19 was the only cause of death. And Mel Q has a Twitter account, and her is it's at Little Mel, L I T T L E, excuse me, L yeah, L I T T L L E M E L, Little Mel. That's her Twitter handle there, and she has uh, pictures and things like that on her Twitter account. This article is also on the Gate- Gateway Pundit if you want to look at it. I'll read her tweet. It says, "This week, the CDC quietly updated the COVID number to admit that only six percent of the one thousand five hundred fifty three thousand five hundred four deaths recorded actually died from COVID nineteen." That's 9,210 deaths. So the other 94% had two to three other serious illnesses, and the overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. So, yes, at the time she tweeted this, 153,504 deaths were recorded, but the CDC admitting there's only 6%. That means that CDC saying only 6% had COVID alone. That's 9,200 deaths. And so... Article here says that we used Mel Q's tweet in our report, and the president of the United States retweeted Mel Q's tweet as well. Meaning, I think I'm sure that's Donald Trump in August of 2020. But Twitter took down the the tweet claiming fake news. They notified Mel Q that the tweet was used. Excuse me, that the tweet used actual CDC data. Excuse me, sorry. The tweet notified Mel Q that the tweet that used actual CDC data quote, violated their policy on misleading information about COVID-19, unquote. Her account was suspended for, from posting for 12 hours. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky finally admitted that, quote, many, many hospitals, unquote, were, were counting COVID deaths to include cases that were not COVID deaths. And so the article here on the Gateway Pundit is saying that Trump was right and the, the tech giants and CNN were wrong, again, pushing fake news. And then Joe Biden had a speech on the uh, CDC guidelines and things like that. He said, uh, he gives an update on the COVID-19 and vaccination. He said, quote, those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price, unquote. So that's what Joe Biden is saying. Uh, and I'm going to tell you folks right now, I'm not vaccinated. And Joe Biden, bring it, baby. Bring it. Because I'm ready for you, mush mouth. I'm ready for you. Okay, now, 
So the translation to that is that if people say unvaccinated, it's going to prove that people never needed the vaccine. And this entire pandemic was just a scam. And just like the states that opened up and dropped a mask mandate, there's no super spreader, no no flare-ups, and the cases didn't rise, the death count didn't rise, the mainstream media is panicking. Okay, that's pretty much what's going on. Science once told us that flying was safe, but restaurants were locked down because airplanes have better circulation. Now science is saying that you don't need a mask at restaurants and stores, but you still have to wear a mask on airplanes. Trust the science, right? Come on now. I think you folks are smarter than that. So I'm going to end this off with the audits here, starting with Maricopa County. All right, so the new GOP chair, Elise Stefanik, who replaced who replaced uh, you know Liz Cheney and everything by uh, pretty much uh, fiat of Donald Trump. Um, she's saying that the United States Justice Department is trying to block the Maricopa County audit, and I have an article here from NBCNews.com. It says that experts find that nearly three dozen, which is 36, United States voting systems are connected to the Internet. Now, it says a team of security experts use a Google for servers to challenge claims that voting machines do not connect to the Internet and found that some actually did, in fact. But that is actually an overstatement. According to the team of 10 independent cybersecurity experts who specialize in voting systems and elections, while the voting machines themselves are not designed to be online, the larger voting systems in many states end up there, putting the voting process at risk. The team of election security experts say that last summer they discovered that some systems are, in fact, online. Now, Kevin Skoglin, who is a senior technical technical advisor at the election security advocacy group at the national election defense coalition told in NBC news this, he said, quote, we have over, we have found over 35 voting systems had been left online and worse. And we are still counting to find more unquote. Now Rasmussen Rasmussen, as he tweets, they said, good morning. NBC News apparently found an expert answer to what happens if a 4G modem is discovered in voting equipment. They say, in quote, once you once you add that modem, you are decertifying it. The election is no longer federally certified. Unquote. Good to know, right? Then, of course, uh, Rasmussen puts the CDC article, excuse me, the NBC article in their tweet and you can go on you can go on Rasmussen's Twitter account and you can go ahead and look at that. They actually have a figure of it. They have pictures of it and everything like that. So a person by the name of Kanakoa the Great, uh, they actually said this on their tweet. They said that the presentation was done by a team of data scientists and programmers with experience working for the United States Navy, the CIA, the National Counterterrorism Center, and a big four accounting firm. And this is what they found. They found that there were 423,116 votes subtracted from Donald Trump in the Pennsylvania data. If you look at the data for Allegheny County, 145,000 absentee votes were deleted for Trump. Over 27,000 votes were also removed from Trump's election day votes. In Chester County, Trump loses over 41,000 votes from his election day vote, election day vote totals and nearly 50,000 votes from his absentee vote totals. In total, 
Over 91,000 votes were subtracted from Donald Trump. In Lehigh County, Trump receives an initial 660, excuse me, an initial 66,000 votes, which are, which are then taken away from his vote total. Again, this is something that should never occur in an additive voting process. People should always ask why nothing ever happens. Excuse me. People always ask why nothing ever, nothing ever happens with the fraud we present. And then they have quotes here from a, a couple different people. So now, moving on to our last subject here. Now, we have talking about Michigan. So Michigan attorney from the gateway, from the gatewaypundit.com. Michigan attorney Matt DiPerno says, anyone with access to voting machine tabulators can change an election and backdate their cheating. Says this, attorney Matt DiPerno is holding a Matt DiPerno is holding a press conference in Antrim County. Plaintiff Bill Bailey joined Matt DiPerno today up front for the press conference. Matt DiPerno, Matt DiPerno just dropped a bomb on his Antrim County, Michigan press conference. DiPerno and his team say the tabulator machines can be reopened after the election. The machines can then run more ballots through the tabulator, print off a new tabulator tape with new ballots, and then backdate that tape to November 3rd. This is shocking here. Now, if this can be replicated in other jurisdictions, it should invalidate the voting machines from every election moving forward. And Matthew DiPerno says this for my ending segment here, for my ending part here. It says, quote, and I'll tell you something we discovered this weekend. We can now show that after the election is done, someone, anyone really who has access to the tabulators, can reopen the election, run more, run more ballots through the tabulator, print off new tabulator tape, with a new balance and backdate that tape to November 3rd. So they can fraudulently backdate those tapes there. And of course, Donald Trump made a statement on May 16th um, about CBS polling and everything. And uh, 80% of Republicans agreeing with him and things like that. But I don't really care about the Republican Party. I don't really care. So they can go kick rocks. I don't really care. But that's all I have for you wonderful folks. Sorry I went on I, quite a bit longer than I usually do. But thank you so much. I love you so much. Thank you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God sent his son. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever you're doing, wherever you're going, please be prepared for anything. Buy gold, buy silver, buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, things like that. Buy cryptocurrency. Do whatever you want to do, though. I love you, and I'll see you tomorrow on my segment for May 19th, 2021. Feel you get closer now Closer than you've been But I need you in my arms My eyes, my soul My Sunday skies Yeah, I need you in my arms now Closer than you've been I need you in my life My eyes, my soul My sunlit skies Just a quick wig, some Got a day down low to stay lit Crazy can't stay long And you wanna move fast But good things take quick